Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. Happy New Year. We're over a week in now. And, you know, it's been a heck of a couple of weeks, personally speaking, for me, because, you know, I've been dealing with the after effects of a bout of COVID that I've been dealing with. And lots and lots and lots of people have you know, gotten this and dealt with the physical, you know, impact that it has on someone. Some of you have had people in your life who, who impacted very negatively. Some people might even have passed away. So, I mean, this thing's around, okay? And, you know, I did what one, and I do what one does. I take the necessary precautions. I act in a way that I would say is responsible, right? Being a responsible member of society. If for some of you that's already getting your fucking hackles up, then just tough, right? Just fucking tough. Teddy, you'll have to listen. Because it, it brings me to the subject of, of responsibility and the kind of declaration that I'm not responsible, right? I'm not responsible for that. And, you know, I always love the opportunity to take a dive into uh, this idea of responsibility and how we relate to it in our everyday life, right? If you start to consider, like, if you say, well, well, I'm not responsible for that, right? Believe it or not, that's a choice, right? And the reason why it's a choice, the reason why it becomes a choice is when you remove the temptation to have it be about who's to blame for it. It really becomes about, am I going to be responsible for that or not? And if you're saying no, okay, that's your choice. And you should know, like all fucking choices in life, it comes with a certain set of outcomes and consequences and potential things to happen or not happen and da-da-da-da-da, right? But even if I'm going to be responsible for something, that also comes with certain outcomes and consequences, which includes some of the ones that you might not have wanted. But that's the same no matter what you do in life. 
You see, choice in life, most people think when they choose something or choose to do something or choose a certain direction in their life, in their mind's eye, when they make that choice, in their mind's eye, what's mostly there is all the positive things that could happen, all the good things that can happen, the positive outcome, blah, 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 blah. Which, you know, if you've read one of my books or all of my books, you'll know that I heavily point you in the direction of not doing that, right? I'll say to you, look, no matter what you're doing, like, there's shit coming. And all too often in life, what we do is we make our choices in life dependent upon the potential for shit coming, dependent upon, you know, the bad things that could happen, right? I mean, people definitely have their eye on the good things too, but there's a lot of our life is organized around what we're in fact avoiding. And you're not any different. You're not any different. You're, you're definitely looking at the future and part of your creation is what you're avoiding. Avoiding being disappointed, avoiding being hurt, avoiding failing, avoiding being exposed. That, that like setting things up in a way that, you know, you feel as if you can avoid this thing or that thing or whatever. And the problem with all of that is no matter what you fucking do, no matter what your choices are, there will always be what you didn't see coming. Like you didn't see it coming. And then so people say, well, you know, how can you prepare for a life that includes things that you don't? or can't see coming. You know, like I didn't, I didn't anticipate getting COVID at this time of the year. And here it is, right? <laughs> and yeah, you know, I got freaking vaccinated and, you know, I wear a mask and I stay away from this area, that area. And, you know, I do all the things that one would do. It's not a big deal to me. I'm not getting my fucking knickers in a twist about any of that. I've got bigger fish to fry. I'm up to bigger things in my fucking life. I'm up to bigger things with the people in my life. Whatever obstacles come along, I just handle them and get on with producing the results that I'm out to produce, period. That's how I live my life. And, you know, I, you know I'm not the place for advice, but I'll give you a little bit of advice here. That's how you should live your life. You should live your life dealing with the obstacles that come, but never using them as some sort of fucking excuse for you being the way you are. Like in life, there will always be things that you didn't see coming. In life, there will always be the things that you know could happen that you don't want to happen, and they happen. And you should have all of that in mind. Why? Because the biggest thing that takes people out isn't that the shit happened. It's that they believe it shouldn't have happened. That's what grinds you. Or it could have been avoided, or la, 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 la. I should have done this, or I should have done that, and they should have done this, and they should have done that. And they should do this now. And maybe I'm going to fucking do this now. And blah, 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 blah. And life. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes you hear these little, you know, throwaway statements that we have. And we say this all the time. Shit happened. But it's throwaway. We don't actually think, like, Oh, yeah, like people get fired. Businesses fail. People get COVID. People die. Relationships end. Plans get destroyed. 
Our children fail. Our children get injured, hurt. We get stolen from. We steal. We get cheated on. We cheat. That's all the shit that happened. And if you go around in life in your little fucking pretend bubble of safety, trying to avoid all of that stuff, do you know what you're signing yourself up for? You're signing yourself up for a life of anxiety. You're signing yourself up for a life of worry. You're signing yourself up for a life of indulging your fears. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, because anybody who tells me they're not fearful, I'm going to call fucking bullshit on that. Okay, I don't give a fuck who you are. Everyone has their fear. Question is, what is it? Right? Everyone, you're a human being, you're not a fucking box. Everyone has their fear. And, you know, I remember as a young man, I used to do that, you know, chest out. I'm not fucking scared of anybody, right? <laughs> but we're all dealing with our fears. When you start to organize your life around them, you're building a fearful life. I would say to people, look, by and large, you're equipped for when the shit hits the fan. It's fine. It's okay. Breathe. You work your way through it. Sure, you got to plan. You got to prepare. Strategize. You got to lay out your pathway. You got to be responsible. Right? Being responsible for something means you're putting together the pieces that give you the greatest opportunity for success. Being responsible for something is giving yourself the greatest opportunity for success. Being responsible for something is giving yourself the greatest opportunity for success. And I love to use the example of soccer occasionally, even though I'm being polite here and calling it soccer for the Americans, because everybody knows it's football, okay? But anyway, my middle son, He's 10 years old, and, you know, I'm going to be honest. He's elite. He's a, he's a phenomenal soccer player, right? He's being fated by numerous professional organizations that want to come and play there, and, you know, already, and he's only 10, okay? And he's, he's awesome. He really is awesome. However, a lot of people say to me, you know, they go, well, you know, that's a very challenging pursuit for a young man. You know, like the odds of his making it are not good. They're not in his favor. And, you know, my response to that is he's well aware of that. He's well aware of how this could go. But he's not backing off it. Like this is, this, this is a 10-year-old kid we had dreamed that he's had since he was six. So I'm, I'm not going to be the parent who kills off a kid's dream. My job to get underneath it. So I'm underneath it. But one of the things that we say all the time is, you know, people say, you know, it's, it's challenging, blah, 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 blah. And what we talk about is, is he approaching this in a way that the decision of whether he makes it or not is no one else's but his own. So is he practicing, training, dealing with himself, dealing with his approach? Is he doing it all in a way that when people look at him or see him, his level of performance takes the decision away from anyone but himself. Like people look at him, they're like, he's undeniable. He's undeniable. 
And that's what responsibility does. It's like you, you start to take the responsibility for somebody's choice away from them in a situation like this. Like, I'm going to be so fucking good, you can't say no. You, you have no option. You have no option. Because I've covered every base. I've looked at everything. I've given everything that I have. I've accepted the failures. I've accepted the losses. I've accepted the, the letdowns and the disappointments. And at the same time, I look at all of that as just merely an obstacle. Like COVID. It's just an obstacle, not an excuse. It's just something for you to take on board and be responsible. Be fucking responsible. You'll also notice I'm not telling you what to do. That's not my job. That's your job. But I do know this. People live in pretense because they're more committed to being right. That's not just the case with COVID. That's with a whole lot of things. People live in pretense. You've been doing it for so fucking long, you now believe it. But somewhere in there, in your darkest moments, you know you're full of shit. It's important for you, critically important for you, to tell the truth to yourself. And, you know, I say this all the time. I said it on, I did an Instagram live recently and somebody came in and made some kind of politicized statement and said, fucking cut that out. Cut that out. I'm not here to do that with you. I'm not here to take sides with you. I don't do sides. I do us. I do us. I do you and me and all of us. And I mean all of us. Not just most of us or the us that I most associate with. Everybody fucking deserves a transformation. Everybody deserves to be called out on their fucking bullshit when it's there. Now, that's not your job to call them out on their bullshit. That's mine. That's my job. And to do that from a place of some common sense and logic, Common sense doesn't mean good sense necessarily. It just means a common kind of sensibility. Common, like grounded. Right? A common in England is generally like a piece of ground where the whole town kind of comes around. It's called a common. A common sense. A general sense. And no, I don't do that whole fucking sheep thing either. Everybody's a fucking sheep. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Stop it. But all the sheep for one fucking thing or another, right? I'm a fucking sheep for Starbucks. <laughs> Line me up, man. <laughs> Where are we going? Starbucks? Okay. Point me in a direction. So, <clears throat> I want you to understand that being responsible for something is a choice one is making. Or if I'm saying it's got nothing to do with me, it's a choice I'm making. It's a choice I'm making because there's always, well, what if it is me? What if it is something to do with me? What if I am part of this? What if I am, like, what if I took that in-house? How would the world change? Because, you know, you're organized around three things. We talked about this and stopped doing that shit, right? You're organized around your view of yourself, your view of other people. And your view of life itself. And you're run by that shit. And the more you get cognizant of that, the more you'll see you're run by it. You know, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but Unfuck Yourself sold, you know, millions and millions of copies. But if you want to really get your hands on 
what you're organized around, where your thinking's all coming from, which includes your fucking thoughting and your thinking. Stop doing that shit is the key. And of course, by the way, on the 18th of this month, right, January, love unfucked is coming out. Getting your relationship shit together is coming out. There's a link on actually all the social media channels, but there's also a page on the website where you can get access to a workshop that I'm doing for the new book, a workshop. And I'm taking questions, by the way, from you. So to participate in that workshop, all you need to do is show evidence that you've bought the book, okay? Make sure you click on that link because I want to get as many people on that fucking workshop live as possible. Because I think we can really make a big difference for people in this area of the whole conundrum and problem with love and loving another. What is it to be in some kind of committed relationship? And again, you know, in in the book, I talk about marriage, but, but really it's just being in some kind of committed relationship. And when you read the book, you'll see that there's a kind of basic principle there that applies to every fucking relationship you have. Your relationship with your fucking mom and your dad, your sister, your fucking, you know, next door neighbor, la, la, la. I'm enthused about that. I'm fucking pumped about it. And I know my publishers are, I know the people at Harper One are just losing their freaking minds over this book. It's already number one in new releases in its category on Amazon. And it's fucking weeks before it comes out. So usually, you know, going to number one in new releases is like the days before. This is fucking weeks and weeks to go. When I'm recording this, it's weeks and weeks to go. When you're hearing this, it's getting a bit closer, right? Um, And then there's a live event that I'm planning to do here in Orlando. It's either going to be the 26th or the 27th. It's very small. It's very cozy. But I'll be announcing that soon enough, okay? Likely the 26th, but, you know, could be the 27th. All right, of January, of course. All right, look, we're going to take a quick break here. If you want to participate in a future episode, because in the next part of the show, we're going to be talking about a question from the nation. If you want to participate in a future episode, 646-450-3203, connect at Gary John Bishop or unfucknation.com. All right, hang in there, do whatever you need to do, and I'll be back in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. This question this week from The Nation came in in the form of a voicemail on the hotline, which I might add, 646-450-3203. And you can also text me at that number, right? So if you've got some 
thing you would like me to address, which includes a question from your life, but it also includes if there's a particular subject that you would like me to tackle in a future episode, I'd be happy to take a look at it to see, you know, how much of a difference it could make for the nation. This question comes in from Jennifer. And she says, my name's Jennifer. I love your work. I've listened to most of your books and I started on Do the Work. I love how you can help me see things clearer. However, sometimes I'm just left with more questions. Good. If I lived near you, I'd get a job with y'all just so I could pick your brain daily. So here's my biggest question at the moment. How do I grieve how someone used to be so I can figure out how to love them where they're at now when they seem opposite of the old version? And I don't like or understand the new version. My mom's getting older and I need to figure this out. All right. So, Jennifer, I'm going to make a couple of little assumptions here. Okay. So, I'm presuming that this has got something to do with the aging process that your mom is experiencing. Okay. And, you know, very often this happens with people. There's a change in what can only be described as personality, but, you know, with the onset of things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and stuff like that, it really shifts people, right? But I think there's, there's other aspects of your question that I think, I think a lot of people deal with, but not in your circumstance. I think often in life, there's people from your life, people from your past who you knew, and they've gone on and change certain things and taking things in a different direction. And now they have different things that appeal to them. Okay. Now, I'm not saying there's been like some kind of personality shift with those people because I could pretty much guarantee you there has not been. The fundamentals remain the same. What can change over time is what people have their attention on, what they get consumed by, which pulls for them to behave in different ways. But, you know, regardless of all of that, fundamentally, those people are still the same. I think there is something important there for people to get, like, like grieving the way someone was or something was. And I think that's a big problem for us generally in life. Like when something was a certain way, and, and that includes someone, we loved that thing or person the way they were at that time in history or in our lives. We kind of wish for those times. And I think that is often how it is for all of us about various times in your life. I mean, you know, there's, there's probably no one listening to this fucking broadcast right now who hasn't looked back in various points of their life and wished that life could be back there. Okay. Now, of course, you've cherry-picked the shit out of your life and you, you know. But in terms of like grieving, and I talked about this in my last book, okay, Wise as Fuck, I talked about loss for a human being. And that includes when people die, but it also includes the loss of a hope or a dream or a plan or a strategy or a time in your life. Those are all losses. And where we tend to get a little screwed up is we compare how that was, or in your case, how they were, compared to what's so now. That comparison, you're not sitting there comparing, 
But it is on your mind. Like, you see how things are, and it's not how it was. But I want you to get that that's true of all human beings about a whole different, or a whole plethora of different things in the life. Like, they, they're torn by how it is because it's being held to a standard of how it was. And they're actually not the same, and they should never be treated the same. You're never free to be here when you're continually gripped by what was here. And that includes a bit positive things from the past, negative things in the past. You're never free to be here when you're torn by what was here, the comparison between the two things, right? or the constant collapsing of the two things will rob you of the possibility of being present. So it will rob you of the possibility of being present. And unfortunately for you, and like a lot of people, two years, three years, five years from now, this time right now will be the time you want back. You'll want this time. Because your life will be in a different space then. And you'll be like, damn it. Why wasn't I blah, 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 blah. Life moves. Situations move. Things change. Your only real job here is to keep setting aside that standard that you keep bringing in that's robbing you of the opportunity of being present for what's here. As far as, like, how do I handle that past in your situation, Jennifer? is you got to put that in a spot for yourself. You got to put that in a place for yourself where you can appreciate and be grateful for and be reminded of and be nurtured by the life that you've managed to have to this point, the relationship that you managed to have to this point. Be nurtured by that. There's two kinds of grief, right? There's the grief that rips you apart and there's the grief that grows and heals you. And as a human being, that's actually the choice you have. Now, again, I can appreciate many, many people don't feel like they have that choice, but that is the choice. And you can begin to work this out for yourself. Like I've done in my life and like I've coached many in life to do. You can start to really deal with, well, how do I capture that? little kind of vignette of life in such a way and let it settle with me, let it kind of settle into my conscious and my subconsciousness in a way that I'm, that I'm nurtured by it. And, you know, I did this myself when, when firstly when my father passed away and then my mom passed away. Like, I, I dwell on how much I still love them. And in your case, you could dwell on how much you still love your mom. All of it, though. Not just what you're currently facing. The whole mom. You get to love that mom and this mom. In slightly different ways, I might add. But you'll never love this mom fully if you keep comparing her to the way she was. That comparison will rob you of the possibility of being present. It'll rob you of it. You don't get to be with this woman and know this woman and love this woman and connect with this woman and unpack and understand and be with this woman. Because whether you like it or not, this is where she's at. And it's okay. And really the biggest opportunity you have right now is to weave the kind of connection with her 
that will nurture you long into the later years of your own life. Don't make this about you. It's not about you. It's about her and your consciously creating the relationship that you have with her. All right, you guys, that is it for this week. Another fucking blockbuster episode. I'm sure you'll agree, right? And don't forget to, to share the good news about Unfuck Nation. And if you have social media channels, go ahead, talk to your people about it. Don't be afraid. Ring the fucking bell. Because we're the nation and we're unapologetic about who we are. Yes? All right. See you on the flip side. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.